before we look into God's word, let us speak with him. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that we have your very words before us this morning, that here we have the words of eternal life. Lord, we pray that we may study them attentively this morning. May we dwell upon them, not as the words of men, but as the words of God. And may we learn from you as we read them now. Lord, we pray that you may be with me as I speak. We pray that you would have me say what is pleasing to you. And we pray for the people gathered here this morning. We pray that you may be working upon their hearts by your Holy Spirit. May he be convicting them about their sinfulness and their need to be right with you. And we pray that you may do great and mighty works by your Holy Spirit here this morning in the lives of the people. May you indeed do more than we can ask or even imagine. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, getting angry is something that I'm sure you're all familiar with. The subject of anger is something we are familiar with. And when someone gets angry, well, we expect them to do certain things. We recognise that when someone is angry, they behave in particular ways. They may stamp their feet, they may put punch things, fists into walls. We expect even some colour change on people. And some people we even see you know, veins starting to bulge out when they're really angry. We expect certain things to happen when people are angry. And then sometimes we're surprised at some of the things that people do when they're angry as well. It always fascinates me to watch my children get angry about something and the reaction that they have to things that you would not expect them to have that kind of reaction to, particularly to beloved soft toys. Both of our children each have a particular toy that they love, a little plush toy, and all the time that toy makes them happy. In all situations, if you show that toy, they then get very excited, the little bear or the little dog, if you bring that out, they will get happy. But when they're really angry about something, you can show them the toy or the bear and they can pick it up and throw it away. They're angry, so angry that they will discard things that usually give them great joy. And they show that that is not a helpful thing at this point in time for me. It is not something that gives me joy. It is not something that will quieten my anger. And so we see people do very unexpected things in anger. And not all people react in anger in the same way that we would expect them to react and that we see in our own lives when we're angry what we do. Today we're going to look at the subject of anger and particularly God's anger. God's anger and what he does when he is angry. Because people have different responses, different they do different things when they're angry. I want to look at this morning what does God do in his anger? What does when God gets angry, if he gets angry, what does he actually do? We've been, and we'll look at it from the passage in Hebrews chapter 3, which we've been looking at for a, a couple of weeks now. And the first couple of weeks we saw at the beginning of chapter 3 that uh, Jesus is superior to Moses, and so we should not be tempted to follow Moses or something else, that Jesus is the greatest. And so then we also saw that because Jesus is the greatest, that the followers of Jesus should be greater than the followers of Moses. They should do things that Moses' followers uh, didn't do. They should particularly be obedient to Jesus, be obedient to God, and 
we saw that Moses' followers weren't when we looked at last week uh, verses 7 through to 9 of Hebrews chapter 3. But now we've come then to Hebrews chapter 3 verse 10 and 11 and we're going to see why it is so important that God's people, particularly Jesus' people, God's people, listen to God and obey him. Last week we saw that it is not appropriate to disobey God, and particularly the sin of grumbling. We saw that the Israelites in the desert were always grumbling, having hard hearts toward God. And it's not good. But why is it not good? I gave a couple of reasons last week, and this week I want to look at the fact that it makes God angry. And so if you've got a church Bible there, I encourage you to have it open to page 1185. We'll be looking at chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 of Hebrews. And my first main point then is disobedience makes God angry with the Israelites. And we read that in verse 10. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. God gets angry. And some people do not like this subject. They do not like to think that God is a God of anger, that he gets angry. But we see in the pages of the Bible that the subject of God getting angry, the fact that God gets angry, has a long history to it. Right back from the very beginning when man first sinned, God gets angry with Adam and Eve and with the snake. He gets angry again and again in the Old Testament and he got angry with these Israelites as well. God is indeed a God who gets angry. So God gets angry. But what does he do in his anger with the Israelites? What does he do? Well, there's two things that I think he does which are said here in the text for us. The first thing is that in God's anger, God condemned the Israelites' behavior as sin. God condemned the Israelites in his anger. That's the first thing that he does. And we see that in verse 10. He says, That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said, he's condemning them, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. The first thing he does is cites reasons why he is angry. And this is important to note. That God, when he gets angry, he has a reason to get angry. Because the anger that we see is not always with good reason when we see it in people. Humans do not always have good reason to get angry. Sometimes I even recognize myself. I have no real reason why I'm so angry at the moment. It's probably either I'm hungry or I'm tired. And that has then provoked anger in me about things that shouldn't be making me angry. And you see it even in small children. I often, I shouldn't just say sometimes, I often have no idea why my children are upset. And I say, what is wrong? And I give them toys, I give them food, I pick them up, nothing suffices. Something is up because they are bawling, they are very angry about something, and I've got no idea why. But God is not like little children. He is not like me. He is not like humans who can get angry for no reason. In God's anger, he tells you why he is angry. And the reason he is angry is because of sin. Because of sin. And what particular sins does God get angry about? Well, he gives us two in verse 10. 
And the first one is that their hearts are always going astray. Verse 10, that is why I was angry with that generation and I said their hearts are always going astray. The reason why God is angry with the Israelites here is because their hearts are going astray, which is another way of saying that they're sinning. What does it mean to sin? Well, to sin means to miss a mark, kind of like on a bullseye. You shoot, you miss the mark, that is sin. Or another way that we could put it is to stray off the path. That's why um, it's the, he says there in verse 10, he says, their hearts are always going astray. Picture a garden, picture a path, picture lovely, lush uh, foliage around it, plants around the path. You're meant to stay on the path. You're not meant to stray off the path. And if you do, and there's little signs up everywhere, and you know you're not supposed to, it is classified as sin. And that's what God condemns. He condemns sin as something that is when you stray off his paths. Sin is missing the mark, and these Israelites were missing the mark. They were straying off the path. How were they straying off the path? How were they showing that they were not on God's way? Well, we saw last week how they were straying. It was particularly with the sin of grumbling. That made God very angry. And we see that that is that sin because what's at the beginning of verse 10? That is why I was angry. Connecting that little word that, connecting back to the previous verses saying it's because of that grumbling that they had, particularly the grumbling at Mirabah and Massa about water, but constant grumbling all the time. That is why I was angry. Their sin They're straying off my path. It's what makes me angry, and I condemn it in my anger. I am angry. Why? Because these people, their hearts are always going astray. Then he also cites another reason why he's angry. Verse 10, it says, That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. What's the other problem that God has with these Israelites? They do not know God's ways. They do not stay on the road. Remember, they're going astray. Why aren't they staying on the road? Because they don't know the road. This second condemnation really shows why they're doing the first thing. If you don't know the law, if you don't know that you're supposed to stay off the grass, well, then you're probably likely to wander onto the grass. You're probably likely to go off the path. Because you don't know the way. You don't know where the path is, particularly if it's a path that's a bit hard to see. Maybe it's a, a little bit less, uh, it's, a, it's all grass there, and it's a little less mowing uh, around the path, and it's a bit hard to see, kind of like a goat track. You don't really know where it quite is at times. These people, they did not know God's way. They were ignorant of God's way. They either hadn't heard about it, or and they didn't want to know what God wanted. They didn't know, want to know what his rules were. So, of course, their hearts were going astray. They were sinning because they didn't know God's law. And so God condemns them for that as well. He says, you're wrong. I'm angry because your hearts are going astray, and I'm also angry because 
you have not known my ways. So God, in his anger, condemns sinful behaviour. What's the other thing that God does in his anger here in this text? Well, in God's anger, God punishes. And we see that in verse 11. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. God punished the Israelites because of their sin. In God's anger, God's anger is not just a rant that has no consequences. God's anger involves punishment. And he punished these Israelites because of their sin. In his anger, God gets mad and he starts to hurt people for what they've been doing. How did he hurt the Israelites? Well, he says, they shall never enter my rest. He said, you're staying out of the promised land. It's going to hurt because you've sinned. You're going to stay 40 years in the desert. It was supposed to be uh, a short trek, and then you would be in my promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey where I'd be providing for you all the time. But instead, life's going to be hard. Life's going to be walking around in this desert, wandering round and round in circles. I'm promising that you will never enter my rest. And it's interesting that he does promise this. Because how serious is God's punishment, this threat that comes in his anger? Because sometimes we, in our anger, we make threats. We, we say we're going to punish someone in a particular way, and then we, of course, go back on it later on. But does God go back on his word when he promises to punish? No, he says, on oath, in my anger. He says, when I say no means no, I mean it. You're not going in. You're going to be punished. And we see that this happened to the Israelites. God kept his word. The Israelites did not enter into the promised land. They did wander around and around in the desert until all of that generation. He says in verse 10, that was why I was angry with that generation. That generation, they all dropped in the desert. They all died in the desert. God kept his word and he punished them in his anger. So that's the Israelites. Now how does this little history lesson have any relevance for you? Well, the author of Hebrews is quoting here from the Psalms, quoting from what happened in the Old Testament to bring particular application to the Christians that he's writing to. He's saying this is relevant for you. You can learn from this lesson. And we as Christians can learn as well. We can learn from what God did in the desert. We can learn about God's anger and learn from that and then change so God doesn't get angry with us. We can treat this as a bit of a learning experience when we look at somebody and the way that they are punished. I see this with my daughter. She watches very attentively when Joshua gets punished in the parents' anger. The parents come across and say, what are you doing? And she turns her head around and realises it's not directed at her. And she watches very carefully. She hears us say, no, that is wrong. And then she sees us punish Joshua and she's there watching wide-eyed the whole time. She's learning from what is happening to someone else, what mummy and daddy do. And we can do this with the Father, the Heavenly Father. We can learn what he does 
when he gets angry. And we can hopefully keep him from being angry with us. So what can we learn from God, uh, about God, from this Israelite experience? Well, that brings me to my second main point. Disobedience makes God angry with you. It's not just restricted to the Israelites that God gets angry. God is still provoked to anger the same today as he was in in the past because God does not change. He's still around. He's the eternal God and you should not think that somehow the God of the Old Testament is different from the God that is alive today. I remember hearing in a movie, they said, oh yes, God, he was... You know, all wrathful in the Old Testament, lightened up a bit in the New Testament, and yeah, he's he's not that bad today. And then they said something about the Quran, which of course I wouldn't, um, yes, comment on either. But yes, they were trying to connect the God of the Bible with the God of the Quran. But it's the movies. That's Hollywood for you. That's what you expect. That's not what the Bible teaches. The God that is alive today is the same God that was alive when the Israelites were there. And we can learn from the Israelite experience that God does indeed get angry. He is still provoked to anger and he's still provoked to anger by our sin. He still does those two things that we saw the Israelites do, um, that he did to the Israelites. The first is, if you sin, God will get angry and condemn your sinful behavior as he did with the Israelites. God gets angry about your sin just like he got angry about the Israelites' sin. You may not think that God gets upset when you sin, that it's all okay, and people love to say, God just loves me the way I am. No. God can get angry because of the way you are. And he takes very seriously what you do each day. And God hates your sin which means he hates you who produce the sin. The evil, where does it come from? It comes from your heart. God hates evil. And so God condemns sinful behavior in people today. And it's the same things that he condemned in the Israelites that he condemns in you. What were those two things? One was that their hearts were always going astray. They were always walking off the path and onto the grass. They weren't staying on the road. And it's the same with you. When you walk off God's path and go on the grass, you're sinning and you're making God angry. And the second thing that he condemned in the Israelites, he still condemns in you as well. You have not known God's ways. You have been ignorant of God's laws and therefore have sinned. It's not surprising that you've sinned when you've broken God's laws. God holds you accountable even when you sin and you didn't know it was wrong. We do that in Australia. You cannot get up in court and say, I didn't know that the speed limit was 110. And so when I was doing 160, 70 on the freeway, I, I ignorance, ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Ignorance, I, I didn't know, so you can't say that I was committing a crime. No, you're still held to account. And so it is with God. You're supposed to find out the laws of this land if you're going to live in it. And so that you can obey them and not be guilty of of crime, of breaking the law. So it is with God. You're meant to find out, as someone who lives in his country, and Australia is his country, if you move countries, you have to find out what God wants in that country too. The whole world is his. You're meant to find out what he wants. You're meant to know his laws so that you stay on the path. You're meant to find out his ways. And so God 
does get angry today when your heart goes astray and when you don't know his laws. And so clearly everyone in this room should start to feel a bit uncomfortable right now because you must admit you don't know God's laws and you've broken God's laws on numerous occasions. Sometimes knowing God's laws you've broken them and sometimes not knowing them. Later on in life you found out, you've read a bit more of the Bible and you've realised, oh, I broke that one and I broke that one and I broke that one. You realise that you have not known his laws and that you have strayed many, many times. And that makes you uncomfortable. Why? Because of the second thing that God does in his anger that he did with the Israelites, he still does today as well. And what is that? He punishes people. If you sin, God will get angry and punish you. And he says the same thing that he said to the Israelites. He says to you, they shall never enter my rest. Does that mean you won't get a plane ticket to Jerusalem? You won't be able to go and enter into Israel? No, that was particular to the Israelites. The author of Hebrews, as we will see as we go in subsequent weeks, takes this to mean far more, that you won't enter into God's eternal rest. And what is that eternal rest? That is heaven. God says, if you sin, you do not go into my paradise. Why? Because I'm a holy God, and I don't let people into heaven to be with me who are sinners. I don't let you come in as sinful creatures. And so you will not enter his rest. And he swears it. He's sworn again and again in the scriptures that people do not get into heaven if they are sinful creatures and come in sinful creatures into his paradise. He is a holy God. You cannot walk into his presence and be a sinful person. And so... This is scary stuff. God gets angry. God gets angry at sinners, and in God's anger, he promises that people will not enter his rest. So what are you to do? Is there any sort of comfort that you can have about God? Is it possible that God cannot be angry with anyone that's on the planet? Well, there is a little hint in the passage. Verse 10, it says... That is why I was angry with that generation. That generation. There was a generation that was always going astray, that did not know God's law, but then there was another generation. And that generation, where did it end up? In the promised land. There was a faithful remnant. They were able to enter into the promised land. And that gives us a little hint that there are people who get into heaven. We can make it there. We can get into the eternal rest. How do we do that? Well, that brings me to my third main point. Obey so God isn't angry with you. Remember what makes God angry and cuts you out of his rest? It's disobedience. So you need to obey God. How do you obey God? Well, firstly, you must know his laws. You must know his ways. And so you must embrace those ways and do what he tells you to do. And what is the first way that you must know? Well, that's the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John 14, what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
He is the way. The exact same Greek word that is used about Jesus saying the way, the road, is used here in verse 11. They have not known my ways. Know the way of Jesus Christ. What is the way of Jesus Christ? Well, it's repentance and faith that Jesus died on the cross for you. That is the way of Jesus. That is how you get on the path of Jesus Christ, is by repentance and faith. And it is the most important way to know of all. Why? Because it deals with the times that you were off the path, when you were on the grass, when you were sinning and your heart was going astray. Because God still gets angry about your sin, but he doesn't get angry and punish you. Who does he punish? Jesus Christ. God condemns Jesus Christ instead of you and punishes him for your sin. He becomes sin. He becomes your sin. And God's punishment, his wrath, is poured out upon him. The punishment that you deserve for eternity in hell, he experiences instead. And so Jesus is the most important way of God that you must get on and stay on. Stay believing. Hold on to that faith that you have in Jesus. Believe continuously that he died for you. And so you will enter that rest because you do not enter rest as a sinful person, but as someone who has been cleansed from your sin. The punishment that you deserve has been poured out upon him and so you're free to enter into God's rest. That is the first way that you must know so that God is not angry with you. But then there's also another bunch of ways that you need to know as well. When you become a Christian, yes, you repent, you believe, and God is no longer angry with you as he should be because you're a sinner. But then as a Christian, you also still have to fear God's wrath. You have to fear him as a heavenly father who disciplines his children. And God does take seriously what you do as a Christian. And if you do not follow God's ways, his laws, the commands that he gives us, he gets angry. And it's not as though he somehow kicks you out of his eternal rest, but he does make sure that you don't have rest in this life. He can cause you significant pain, take away his provision, because you as a child of him are not following his ways. Your heart is going astray. You're not knowing God's laws. And so you must make sure that you're on the way of Jesus. But then secondly, know that you're following the law of Christ, doing what he says, finding out what pleases him and keeps God from being angry with you as a father. God gets angry when you're not on his ways. When you're not on the way of Jesus Christ, he gets very angry for eternity. You have God's wrath poured out upon you for eternity. And he gets angry with you for a more limited time, if you are a Christian, as he disciplines you because you're being disobedient. So you must find out God's ways. How do you find out God's ways? You listen to his voice. Where do you find his voice? In the Bible. That is where his ways are known, and that is the best way for staying on the path. You should not assume that you're not going to sin. You should find out what is sin... Study it and then not do it. Find out God's ways and then keep them. 
So have you provoked God to righteous anger? Do you admit that you have? Everyone in this room must admit that God has righteous anger against them. That he has a good reason to be angry with you because of your sin. Are you not going to enter God's rest because God condemns you for your sins? Or is it that God is not angry with you and you are entering his rest because you have followed his way, the way? Jesus says, I am the way. So God, is he still angry with you? Are you not entering his rest? Or have you believed in Jesus as the way, repented of your sins and trusted that he has taken God's anger away from you and he has borne it on the cross? And then if that is you, and I encourage you if you have not trusted in Jesus, that you take very seriously this subject of God's anger and do it now. Repent and believe that Jesus died for you rather than face his anger for eternity. If you are someone who has repented and is on the way of Jesus, are you someone who is taking seriously God's fatherly anger? Are you trying to know his ways by coming to church, by reading the word, by talking to other Christians, trying to nut out what is it that God would have me do? What are those things he delights in me doing? And then obeying those ways as you read them in the scriptures. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we do indeed recognise this morning that you are a God who gets angry. You get angry about sin. You get angry when our hearts go astray and we do not know your ways. Lord, we also recognise that in your anger you condemn us and you punish us. And rightly so, because you are a holy God, a God of justice, and sinners cannot stand in your presence. But Lord, we do recognise this morning that if we get on the way of Jesus Christ, if we know him as the way, the truth and the life, we can come to you, the Father. That if we repent of our sins and believe that he died for us, then your righteous anger against us for our sins is taken in him. That he is condemned, that he he takes your wrath, your punishment, and we can go free. Lord, we pray that everyone in this room has gotten on the way of Jesus through repentance and faith. And we pray that all those this morning who are on the way of Christ may also have a hunger to know your other ways. We pray that they may want to please you, not because they fear you are going to send them to hell, but because they want to please you, they want to do what is right, and because they may even fear your fatherly anger. You are a God who disciplines those you love. And we pray that we may fear to be disciplined by you. And so in turn, keep our hearts from going astray and seek to know your ways. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.